Federal Reserve Open Market Committee has come and gone. The news conference has come and gone. And I don't know that there are a lot of surprises. They were expected to hold the interest rate steady. They did. It does kind of look like they've nudged up interest rates, staying higher for a longer period of time. The market seemed to take the news pretty well. Uh, one critical eye that was watching is Rob Kaplan. who used to sit around that table when he was uh, CEO of the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas and, of course, former vice chair of Goldman Sachs. He joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. Good to talk with you, David. So any surprises for you? Uh, like I say, the consensus was that they'd hold rates steady for a while. Yeah, n- no, not not really any surprises. They they They've done a lot. They can afford to be deliberate at this point, and they've got to leave their options open in case they conclude they have to do more, and, and they've done that. Well, and they may have to, I, I, but it, it's which way they go. You know, one of the things I didn't hear was any talk about the environment right now. We've got strikes going on that may get bigger. We've got a budget impasse that may shut down Washington. Crude, maybe $100 a barrel by the next time they, they meet for the Fed. The retailers are showing a slowdown. Do, they, do you talk about these things behind the closed doors at these meetings? Yes. Uh, and, and listen, everybody comes at this differently around that table. Uh, I'm a business person. And so I tend to look at structural drivers and the two big ones right now, which I think the Fed is contending with. Uh, you heard me said, say before, unspent American Rescue Act money at the state level around the country in size, the Inflation Reduction Act money, which was designed to be budget neutral, but based on all uh, forecasts is well over budget and is not budget neutral. It's feeding the deficit and stimulating demand for good services and workers. And then the Infrastructure Act, which also is not budget neutral, uh, even though uh, officials have said it is. And so you've got a $2 trillion deficit, it looks like we're going to run in the year that's about to end in uh, a few days. Uh, and so that is, to me, the primary reason why the economy is stronger than people might have anticipated. We have very substantial fiscal spending. If you don't believe it, look at the federal deficit yeah. we're running this year. And then the second issue you mentioned, oil. Oil gets screened out when you look at, at core versus top line. But in our daily lives, it doesn't get screened out. If you drive to work every day and you make $50,000 a year, you spend a chunk of your wallet on oil. That's 50 million workers. It feeds through food. It th- feeds through other industries. And so both of those items I just mentioned means I think inflation is stickier. Uh, it means that the economy is more resilient. The job market is tighter. And, and it's not a surprise that the Fed is kind of saying higher for longer. But we've got let's talk about the strikes for a minute, because this this UAW seems to really be dug in. I know it's not necessarily material right now, but it's beginning to broaden out. It may really broaden out as early as Friday. And that's, you know, a lot of people that used to make I don't know, several thousand dollars a week, you know, trying to subsist on five hundred dollars a week. So that's not going to be feeding any inflation. And and the housing market has really slowed down. Yeah, so let's take them in in, in that order. Uh, the, the the reason we're having the, the, the UAW strike is not the only labor action we're seeing. We're seeing airlines struggle, 
We're seeing the shipping companies struggle with labor. And why? Because we don't have enough workers. We have a very tight labor force. We have an aging labor force. And in addition, workers are struggling to make ends meet. They've lost purchasing power over the last two or three years. And in these negotiations, they're trying to get it back. Uh, I don't know whether we're going to have a, a lengthy strike or not. If we do, the strike itself is, is going to be temporary. And, and so I'm more interested in what it says about the labor market that these labor unions would choose to take this stringent mm-hmm. a line. And it tells you workers are in a better negotiating position and they want to recoup lost purchasing power. And so that's what the strike means to me. Um, and the second thing you mentioned was, well, we, we've got a budget impasse. We've got the crude prices. We've the housing, yeah. the housing market slow down and that trickles through the economy yeah. too. It, it does accept, um, in not a not a good way in terms of the Fed in that if I'm renting and I'm not happy with the rent increase, historically, I'd go look at an alternative to maybe buy a house. I don't have that option right now. And so I actually think that this is one of those bizarre situations where higher mortgage rates may actually mean uh, more leverage for landlords to raise their rents because people don't have the option to buy. That also is not helpful for what the Fed's trying to do. Are they all do what they lived last recession and move back home again, <laughs> which seems to be part of it? Yeah. The, uh, the, the, yeah next... the other thing. Go ahead. I was going to say the other thing going on, which I think is worth noting, debt to GDP is now over 100%. The 10-year over the last two months has backed up a good 40 or 50 basis points. That is a severe tightening. It affects mortgage rates. Uh, and I, I think if I were at the Fed, I'd want to see how that 10-year, the back end of the curve backing up, shakes out before I took further action. Because there's a tightening going on away from the Fed. So let's go back to the uh, the the, imp- the budget impasse right now, because that speaks volumes too. you. One would think that at some point, you know, they're going to find a way to pay the bills and it's going to be like yes. it has been before. But what this really has they highlighted will. is this this dichotomy within each party. <laughs> and if there's been it's if it's been tough to get a consensus to do anything like rein in some of the spending before, it looks like it's getting tougher. Yeah, but the budget problem is worse now. We're going to run a $2 trillion deficit, as I said earlier. It's 7.5% yeah. of GDP. I would, I would guess that's the highest post-crisis, pre-recession budget deficit as a percentage of GDP we've run in our lifetime. Uh, and in addition, we're now, we're now over 100% debt to GDP. Five years ago, we were at 70%. There's a real, however this gets resolved, I don't think there's getting away from there. May, it may seem like both sides are far apart. I would guess, ironically, they're both starting to recognize we've got a spending issue and we've got a budget issue. And if you don't believe it, again, watch the 10-year Treasury and watch it back up and tell me we don't have a potential problem. Did you see any soft landing scenario play out of there? Because I saw them, the forecast for GDP more than doubled, uh, up 2.1% this year. 
and, and they lowered, as you right. point out, with the tightness of the labor market, I guess, they lowered the uh, unemployment rate for 24-25 to, um, I think it was 3.8%. But some of that seems to point toward a soft landing. Yes, of course. Uh, listen, uh, you know my view. I don't think we're going to have a quote-unquote recession this year or next year. You're going to have lots of sectors, though, that feel like they're in a recession, though. Uh, manufacturing, anything interest rate sensitive, the banks are going to struggle. Small business will struggle to get a loan. But this, I really believe this. It's not been sufficiently focused on the government spending and the budget the deficit spending is the reason why I don't think we're going to have a recession this year or next year. Uh, but at some point, as the government spending starts to dissipate, we will have a meaningful downturn. My only worry is will we have any dry powder left to stimulate the economy out of that downturn? Yeah, well, you're right. I mean, if there was the best argument I've heard for raising interest rates is to to have some powder to do it. So it's going to be a fascinating six weeks before that next meeting. Uh, a lot can happen during this period. Yes, and and they're going to be watching data but remember, the data is, by definition, old. It's right. backward-looking. I think if I were at the Fed right now, uh, I'd be talking overtime to contacts, to businesses, and understanding what the forward calendar is for the next wave of Inflation Reduction Act project spending and Infrastructure Act spending. There's a decent forward calendar coming and uh, I'd be focused as much on that as the data. My fear is because of this tick up in oil prices, uh, I would guess we'll we'll be able to get into the mid threes on inflation and then it's going to be pretty sticky going. Robert Kaplan is the former CEO of the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas. And we always get great insight with our visits. Good to have you with us. Thank you very much, sir. Good to talk to you, David. Thanks. For more of our conversation, go to KRLD.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.